Whether a fighter is just beginning their mixed martial arts journey or is a long-time vet already carving their path through the MMA landscape, one thing is clear you will need a coach, someone to give advice to guide you along the way, someone to learn from and confide in, and when the chips are down, will always have your back. However, certain MMA athletes have made some rather strange coach choices throughout the years, and we've witnessed several um, characters make an appearance in the sport. Although some just have some rather unique methods of training, others, however, have left us scratching our heads in bewilderment. What the f I'm Balian from MMA On Point, and today we're taking a look at the 10 strangest MMA coaches of all time. Number 10. Jean-Charles Skabowski we were first introduced to the man now notoriously known as Drunk GSP Coach Guy in Season 12 of The Ultimate Fighter, when Georges St-Pierre coached opposite Josh Koscheck. GSP first described the coach to his tough team as a different human being, he's, a, he's like more uh, a free thinker, you know? And when he was met with an assortment of strange looks in return from the Season 12 competitors, he asked them to please be careful as he has had a long ride from Paris. So exactly who was this strange, free-spirited Frenchman that George had invited over? Okay, let me just Wikipedia this. Okay, over 100 fights, one of the best Farangs to ever fight in Thailand. What's this? He is known for consuming large amounts of alcohol before training and fights. Ah, yes. So it's no surprise that the younger John Danaher, who was also coaching on The Ultimate Fighter, chimed in following GSP's speech to let the competitors know This could be the best experience of your life. The <laughs> <laughs> Nervous laughter all round. In walked the hairy-chested Frenchman, no shoes, no shirt, and sporting only his Muay Thai shorts. What followed is one of the greatest montages in tough history, with John Charles effortlessly throwing, tripping, and basically obliterating the Ultimate Fighter contestants, all while intoxicated. GSP had the opportunity to bring in a whole range of coaches during that season. One of the stranger choices was undoubtedly John Charles. Number 9. Al Snow If you don't know the world of WWE very well, and let's face it, this is a mixed martial arts channel, you may not have heard of the former wrestling superstar, Al Snow. A good wrestler and showman, used to carry around a mannequin of a woman's head and hit people with it. Great guy. Also, don't forget that time he had that small dog, Pepper. Oh, adorable. But of course, it being pro wrestling, one of his opponents killed it and served it to him for dinner. Pepper steak, anyone? He is also known as the man who first introduced Dan Severin to pro wrestling and went on to coach him during his first few bouts in the UFC. The problem was he didn't exactly know a lot about MMA, if anything. And to be fair, not many did at the time, and even Dan himself stated his surprise at the results he got in MMA, because apparently watching Al teach him striking was like watching stand-up comedy. Dan himself talked about the training camps they developed, which essentially revolved around them rotating in on Dan, each trading around the one pair of boxing gloves they had between them until they got too tired from Dan's continuous takedowns. Shit, that looked like it hurt. As far as coach choices go, picking a WWE wrestler is certainly out there, especially one that's a little more eccentric, shall we say. But you can't argue with the results, as Dan lost only to Hoist Gracie and Ken Shamrock in his first 10 fights. Number 8. Dan Freeman There are a lot of roles to play inside an MMA training camp. Typically, someone takes the role of head coach, and aside from a trainer you might have for specific martial arts, there's also strength and conditioning, nutritionists, physical therapists, and of course, bodybuilders. 
Oh, you haven't heard about the benefits of bodybuilding in MMA? Well, why don't you ask Ken Shamrock about it, as that's who he brought on to help him coach in the third season of The Ultimate Fighter. This was the first season that the UFC allowed the coaches to bring their own trainers with them, and Ken decided he'd bring his strength and conditioning coach, as well as nutritionist Dan Freeman. The only problem being most of us at home, as well as the fighters themselves, didn't understand how a bodybuilder could accurately provide martial arts advice. Aside from delivering basic information regarding diet, which essentially surmounted to eat your proteins, one training session in particular stands out when Ken was sick and unable to make it and Dan was left to coach. A bewildered Dan began looking desperately around at the fighters for some guidance on what to work on, seemingly unable to articulate a sentence on the exact training program for that day, and it was left to contestant and BJJ black belt Caleb Starnes to take over and teach some jiu-jitsu drills, all while Dan himself took part in the training session. Number 7. Marv Marinovic if you look in the history books of sports coaches and trainers, there are few that stand out the way that Marv Marinovich does. Son of a Russian general, Marv became notorious for his focus on Eastern Bloc training methods, a grueling system developed within the socialist states of the USSR in the Cold War. He ran strength and conditioning for both NFL and MLB teams and even anointed the first test tube athlete, his son, engineering him from as early as one month old with push-ups, training methods, and the quote, how well could a kid develop if you provided him with the perfect environment? This man was serious about his fitness, but some within the NFL didn't endorse his alternative training methods. Where he fits into our story, however, is his pairing with the then lightweight champion BJ Penn in 2009. His methods for training pen included balancing on foot-long sections of PVC pipe, nervous system training, and lots of splashing about in water. BJ described him as a mad scientist and an artist, but after seeing the UFC countdown to his matchup with Kenny Florian, many fans had their doubts. However, BJ dominated that fight and subsequent bout against Diego Sanchez, and despite the unorthodox training methods, was hailed as the best version of BJ Penn ever. Marv certainly brought his share of strains to the table when it came to MMA trainers, and with the focus he had on raising his own son, many discussed the future potential of UFC super athletes. BJ Abramovich parted ways, however, and BJ would only win one out of his next 11 fights. Number 6. Edmund Tarverdian it doesn't take much these days to make you a target for the MMA meme lords, but boy has Edmund Tarverdian given them some ammunition over the years. Owner and head coach of Glendale Fight Club, Tarverdian was first brought into the media spotlight when he took the role of trainer for the then undefeated bantamweight champion Ronda Rousey. So let's start with his own extensive experience in MMA, a 2-0 record, that's great, but when your wins are over competitors that are 0-2 and 6-20, and there isn't too much to boast about. But that didn't stop him from doing so, even explaining to Joe Rogan that his experience in martial arts gives him confidence that neither himself or anyone could kick Ronda. Yeah. After her KO loss, Rousey's mother went so far as to tell Submission Radio, I predicted it in advance. I think Edmund is a terrible coach. 
and I will say it publicly. Edmund also had his license suspended for falsifying the application along with investigations for bankruptcy, fraud and tax evasion. And that's not even his coaching which throughout numerous training footage on the pads with Rhonda received critique, not only for his failure to correct her mistakes but also his nonsensical advice which of course carried into his corner work during fights. Edmund! Unfortunately, Rousey was not his only victim, coaching both Jake Ellenberger and Travis Brown to four losses and for the latter retirement. Number 5. Tony Ferguson who is the infamous trainer and orchestrator of one of the most impressive runs in UFC history? Why, none other than El Kakui himself, of course. Tony amassed a 12-fight win streak in the UFC's lightweight division and did it all using not only unorthodox methodologies in the cage but also in his training camp. Brian Stan gave us some insight when talking to Luke Thomas on exactly how uniquely Tony operates. He's not the type of guy who selects one head coach and then does whatever that person tells him. He grabs coaches and adopts them to his style and where he wants to be in the future and the things he wants to do. Tony and his father built the gym that he trains out of at his own house, and along with his commitment to his bizarre workout routine is his commitment to self-visualization, imagining himself winning every position, exchange, and adapting throughout the fight. Jeremy Stevens described the experience as champ shit, training for six and a half hours straight, taking a break to watch Rocky IV, and then going on midnight runs. Whether it's kicking steel lamp posts right after surgery, mind you, wall handstands, suplexing gym equipment, or balance ball sledgehammer swinging, there are fewer stranger sights than a Tony Ferguson training camp. Although he works alongside other legendary coaches like Eddie Bravo and Freddie Roach, he has always been his own head trainer and lives by the mantra, I stay consistent, I try to have fun with it, and when I'm not having fun, I move on. Number 4. The Platinum Princess Competition in mixed martial arts is a solitary affair, but you are allowed to bring in a corner team to give advice, help you figure out problems, and provide motivation when needed. I guess no one told UFC welterweight platinum Mike Perry when he decided that the only corner person he needed was his girlfriend and trainer, Latori Gonzalez. Perry, although a fan favorite, has had a sporadic UFC career, reflected also by his training camps as he has jumped around from place to place to find a suitable home base. However, in the lead up to his bout with Mickey Gall, he let everyone know the plan when he stated, I'm gonna have a coach in my corner, it just happens to be my girlfriend. All I need is a bottle of water, I need a sip of drink and put some ice on my neck and I don't need no advice. Perry organized the camp himself, foregoing coaches, and although a strange choice for a coach and corner, you can't argue when Mike said, this is Platinum Mike Perry fight, bro, and there's one person in the world who deserves the opportunity for that front row seat, and that's the most beautiful thing that I ever saw. It's my girl, Latori Gonzalez. Number three, Steven Seagal. Both Lyoto Machida and Anderson Silva have scored some fantastic one-of-a-kind front kick KOs during their UFC runs, and there's only one person to thank for that, Hollywood martial arts superstar Steven Seagal. Don't believe me? Well, both Anderson and Lyoto took the time to thank Sensei Seagal after their subsequent victories. But why exactly? Supposedly, Anderson had reached out to Seagal asking him to pass on some knowledge about his lethal maneuvers. Now, to be fair to Seagal, he is a world-renowned Aikido expert and, as a teacher, was the first foreigner ever to open an Aikido dojo in Japan. And in the training footage of them working together, it does seem to be at least a serious session in which Seagal is teaching an open-minded Anderson Silva. 
there's even some front kick footage in there. But nonetheless, claims that Seagal invented the technique itself are certainly not true. In an interview with Ariel Hawani, Seagal also hints at giving Anderson some mindset advice, reminding him he's too nice. We're not going to be nice. We're going to be really, really, really deep whatever that means but in the same interview also stating he taught him at least three things we'd never seen before a front kick to the face perhaps when asked about his invention of this kick bass root and questioned he really believes this bullshit himself this is unbelievable <laughs> and anderson himself stated stevie seagal is good man there's no 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 coach no train me but it's good man that settles that then Still, a Hollywood action star remains one of the stranger coach choices in MMA history. Number 2. Ido Portal an MMA fighter needs to cover all bases in order to be successful, and this might include having a dedicated trainer for BJJ, wrestling and striking, or if you're Conor McGregor, movement. That was exactly the role that Ido Portal played in the Conor McGregor camp in the lead-up to his 13-second knockout of Jose Aldo. Far more than touch-butt in the part, Ido Portal is the creator of his own movement method based on his 15-year experience in Caboera. Many questioned the role he played within McGregor's camp as more and more footage emerged of the strange training methods Connor was now engaging in. The focus seemed to be on improving the balance, flexibility and of course movement of the notorious one. And although scrutinized by some, it wasn't as if he was replacing the core components of BJJ and striking within training. However, after Nate dropped the infamous line regarding that touch butt with that dork in the park, the ponytail. Ido couldn't help but put him on blast on his own social media, attempting to defend himself. Chael Sonnen expressed to McGregor, when a coach comes out and he starts to put his brand over his athlete and market for himself, you have problems every single time. McGregor explained that, I study all types of movement. I just like the way the body moves. I learned a lot more about how important balance is, how important control of the body is. Whether Ido Portal's training had any direct impact on the championship winning performance of McGregor, or if everything he contributed was mostly irrelevant and purely for his own gain is most certainly up for debate, but it certainly was an interesting component of his training camp. Number 1. Joshua Fabia Working as a coach within the MMA world means you get analyzed and assessed pretty quickly. Your coaching ability, fighter advice and training methods are all under the microscope. That being said, it's a wonder we didn't find out about Josh Fabia sooner. Founder of the School of Self-Awareness, the mentor being to help people who want to be of service to the world, which comes first from having empathy, compassion, and love for oneself. Among his accolades are, quote, defense, protection, human rights, and physical therapy, and certifications, martial arts, personal training, several military fields, stretch training, breathing, and more. What these are exactly, no one can be sure, as the rest of the biography entry for this information doesn't actually list them. We do know, however, that apparently none of these things translate into being an MMA coach. Fabia has been the sole corner and trainer for the Ultimate Fighter veteran Diego Sanchez for the last legs of his career, and in this time we've seen training methods include chasing Diego with a knife to improve footwork, hanging him upside down and hitting him to get his body used to impact, and of course for some reason a lot of blindfolds. That's dumb! His corner advice also included asking Sanchez to think of the shadows and start swinging like Tyson. 
That's what you call non-advice. It would seem, however, in recent reports that Diego and Fabia have parted ways, but the opinion holds true that not only is Fabia one of the strangest, but quite possibly one of the worst MMA coaches of all time. Big shout out and thank you to Max Randall for editing this video. You can follow him on Twitter at Max underscore Randall. Shout out to Ben Rosette and the excellent music he provided during the intro video. His music can be found on streaming platforms everywhere. There is a link in the description and follow him at Ben Rosette on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you very much for watching everyone today. Please go ahead and like and subscribe if you did enjoy the content. We upload at least three videos every week for your viewing pleasure. Go ahead and leave a comment below if you want to join in the discussion and follow us on Twitter at MMA on Point and myself at Balian underscore plays. You can now jump in and join the community discord as well if you want to continue the discussion further and I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. I'll see you in the next one.